Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the business week ended 21st April 2023. This is Ian Haydock. This time, Merck's Prometheus deal, Lilith's US Mirikizumab rejection, Moderna and Merck's mRNA cancer vaccine shows promise, how CGen nearly lost its big pharma bidders, and Chinese firms move ahead with potential rivals to Enher2. Merck Co. has agreed to pay $10.8 billion for Prometheus Biosciences and its Phase 3 ready TNF-like ligand 1A inhibitor PRA023, which showed promising efficacy in inflammatory bowel disease indications late last year. The deal gives Merck a potential blockbuster immunology asset that may help it make up for some of the revenue it will lose at the end of this decade after its top-selling product, Keytruda, loses exclusivity. Mandy Daxon writes that analysts cheered the deal, announced on 16th April, despite the high price tag, as a means of diversifying the big farmers' portfolio beyond Keytruda specifically and oncology generally. Merck is paying $200 per share, a 75% premium to the biotech's last closing stock price, signalling there likely was a lot of competition for the deal. Merck, however, may have been one of only a handful of big pharma heavyweights able to close a deal with Prometheus, at least one analyst noted. In this instance, the company's relative lack of immunology products and pipeline prospects could give Merck more leeway with the Federal Trade Commission and other government agencies that monitor mergers and acquisitions for anti-competitive activity. Given PRA-023's data in ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, we'd have to think that this was a fairly competitive process, Wells Fargo analyst Derek Archila said of the deal in a 16th April note to Prometheus investors. However, traditional immunology and inflammation players may have had more FTC risk, i.e. ABV, and we think Merck makes more sense as they look to accelerate their presence in immunology, and TL1A offers them a great beachhead for that in their portfolio. Scripps spoke with Merck Research Laboratory's president, Dean Lee, earlier this year, who noted at the time that oncology would continue to be a major area of focus for the company, while it also looks to expand in cardiometabolic diseases, vaccines and infectious diseases, neurology and immunology. In fact, Lee emphasised during Merck's 17th April analyst call about the Prometheus deal that the company's experience with Keytruda should serve it well in advancing PRA-023 through Phase 3 development and making it a commercial success. The drug bested placebo in Phase 2 in the study's all-comer populations, but efficacy was even greater in a biomarker-identified group of patients. Additionally, Chief Medical Officer Iliav Bar noted during Merck's call, the company separated immunology out as a therapeutic area of focus in its discovery research organisation two years ago and brought in new talent in immunology. Merck's CEO Rob Davis told the call the transaction adds further diversity to our overall portfolio and is an important building block as we strengthen the sustainable innovation engine that will drive our long-term success. Merck plans to launch Phase 3 trials for PRA-023 in late 2023 or early 2024. Eli Lilly started 2023 on a high, 
preparing for five big US FDA approvals of new products or new indications. The year is not going as smoothly as the company had hoped, however, with the FDA issuing a complete response letter rejecting mirikizumab as a treatment for ulcerative colitis due to concerns about manufacturing for the IL-23 inhibitor. Mandy Jackson writes that the CRL gives the Indianapolis-based drug maker a 1-for-3 record so far this year after the agency declined to grant the company's request for accelerated approval of the anti-amyloid antibody donanimab in January. However, Lilly notched a win later in January when the FDA approved its BDK inhibitor, J-Perka, for third-line or later mantle cell lymphoma. The company expects two other FDA decisions before the end of 2023, including the new IL-13 inhibitor, Lebrikizumab, in atomic dermatitis. Also, it plans to complete a rolling NDA submission for the GIP, GLP-1 agonist, Munjaro, in obesity this year. The drug already has approval for type 2 diabetes. Lilly said the CRL for mirikizumab cited issues related to the proposed manufacturing with no concerns about the clinical data package, safety or label for the medicine. The company added it remains confident in the IL-23 inhibitor's potential to treat ulcerative colitis based on phase 3 results. Analysts said in same-day notes about the CRL that they expect the FDA's likely temporary rejection of mirikizumab to push approval of the product out to 2024. The drug has already been approved for UC in Japan and recently recommended in the EU. Wells Fargo analyst Mohit Bansal said in a 13th April note that mirikizumab was not expected to be a meaningful revenue contributor for Lilly in 2023 even if it had been approved on schedule this year, but forecast $2 billion plus in peak sales for the product. We see little reason for concern on this news, given FDA didn't cite efficacy or safety in the CRL, and immunology assets are a lesser focus, Bansal said. Hotly anticipated data from Moderna and Merck & Co's mRNA4157 V940 in melanoma appeared at the American Association for Cancer Research meeting, paving the way forward into phase 3 development and additional indications while giving it a shot at the success that has thus far generally eluded other cancer vaccines. Alaric Diamond writes the companies presented the results on the 16th April for the phase 2B Keynote 942 trial of mRNA4157 V940 combined with Merck's PD-1 inhibitor, Keytruda, in patients with completely resected, high-risk cutaneous melanoma, showing a statistically significant improvement in recurrence-free survival compared with patients who received Keytruda alone. The companies had announced that the study met its primary endpoint in December. The open-label Keynote 942 study showed recurrence or death reported among 22.4% of the 107 people who received the combination and among 40% of the 50 who received anti-PD-1 monotherapy at respective median follow-ups of 101 and 105 weeks. Risk of recurrence or death was reduced by 44% for the combination. The next steps for the partners is to run a phase 3 trial, which they hope to start very soon, and they also aim to develop the vaccine for other cancers with high tumour mutational burdens 
such as lung, bladder and head and neck cancer. Pfizer finalised its $43 billion deal to buy CGen after the antibody drug conjugate specialist approached it, squeezing out a rival that had pursued the company since 2019. The company walked away from the deal altogether at one point, but returned to the negotiation table in 2023. Jessica Merrill writes that two companies seriously pursued CGen in the summer of 2022 and both ended merger negotiations, according to a filing with the US Securities and Exchange Commission on 14th April, detailing how the firm's big buyout came together. But Pfizer returned in January. Pfizer and CGen announced an agreement for Pfizer to buy CGen on 13th March for $43 billion, the most expensive merger within the pharma sector since AbbVie's $63 billion acquisition of Allergan in 2019. Pfizer made an initial offer to buy CGen in June 2022, just 12 days after representatives for CGen reached out to inquire after their M&A interest and as the Seattle-based biotech was hammering out a deal with a different, undisclosed big pharma rival. Pfizer ultimately beat out several other firms that expressed interest in buying CGen, including one serious bidder, presumably Merkinco, which was rumoured to be close to finalising a deal to buy CGen in 2022, but never materialised as a buyer. CGen did not disclose the names of the other companies involved in merger negotiations, but Merck was reported in the Wall Street Journal to have made a $30 billion offer for CGN in 2022 that was sweetened to around $38 billion, or $200 per share, before deal talks fizzled. According to the regulatory filing, the undisclosed company that expressed interest in buying CGN beginning in December 2019 offered 230 per share to buy CGN on 5th May 2022, but later reduced the price of its offer following corporate and macro developments, including a CEO upheaval and the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act in the US. The news spurred two other drug companies to contact CGEN about potential M&A, while CGEN also decided to contact Pfizer and one other undisclosed company to inquire about their interest. On 1st June, Pfizer's CEO Albert Buller submitted a written proposal to acquire CGEN at a price ranging from $210 to $220 per share in cash, but CGEN rejected the offer as inadequate, but expressed interest in negotiating further. Pfizer, however, declined to raise its offer, and four days later it was reported in the Wall Street Journal that Merck was finalising merger negotiations with CGEN. Pfizer eventually returned to the negotiating table with an offer of $228.50 per share in cash, and ultimately landed on an increased transaction price of 229 per share in cash on 17th February. Do check out the article in full for all the details of the to and froing between suitors and CGen around the deal before it was ultimately agreed. Finally, Chinese pharma companies staged a major showcase of three fast followers of AstraZeneca and Daiichi Sankyo's successful antibody drug conjugate NHER2 during the American Association for Cancer Research annual conference, touting the potential of three homegrown rivals to outdo the first-in-class drug in terms of efficacy and safety. Dexter Yan writes that while all the Chinese ADCs contain the same key active component of HER2-targeting trastuzumab, 
The developers have tinkered with the linker payload in various ways to deliver differentiation, presentation abstracts published ahead of AACR show. Shanghai listed Jiangsu Hungry Medicines SHRA1811 is the most advanced at the clinical stage among the three. To date, the ADC has entered two phase three trials in China for the treatment of both HER2 positive and HER2 low expressing breast cancer. The ADC integrates SHR9265, which is described by the company as an exotecan derivative with better liposolubility and cellular permeability. To tackle potential adverse events, such as interstitial lung disease that might be associated with NHER2, SHRA1811 is designed with a drug to antibody ratio, or DAR, of 5.7, lower than NHER2's 8. As a result, SHRA1811 showed good stability and improved safety profiles in both preclinical and early stage clinical studies, noted an abstract on the candidate. As of data cutoff on 28 September 2022, ILD was reported in eight patients, accounting for just 3.2% of the 250 subjects who had undergone a median of three prior treatment lines in a metastatic setting. The objective response rate was 61.6% in all patients. Two other Chinese biotechs, Shanghai-based Duality Biologics and Chengdu-based Sichuan Biokin Pharmaceutical, presented only preclinical findings for their NHER2-like ADCs at the AACR meeting, which was held in Orlando over 14th to 19th April. On 3rd April, Duality Bio's lead candidate DB1303 hit the headlines as one of two ADC assets outlicensed to BioNTech on an exclusive global basis in an up to $1.7 billion deal. It's currently being investigated in a 165-patient Phase 2A portion of a global Phase 1-2A study in patients with advanced or metastatic solid tumours. Preclinical studies of DB1303 demonstrated a favourable safety profile and potent anti-tumour activity when compared with NHER2, noted the abstract. In addition, Biokin's same-class ADC BLM07D1 has moved into Phase 1, with the available data exhibiting excellent efficacy in breast cancer therapy with acceptable tolerability, an AACR abstract on the candidate stated, without providing numerical findings. BLM07D1 also contains a linker that resembles NHER2, but which the firm says is more stable. Previous in vivo studies have suggested that BLM07D1 could mediate superior anti-tumor efficacy versus NHER2, the abstract added. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. All these stories are linked in the article accompanying this podcast and are just a fraction of those that appeared in script last week. Log in to access all of our content in full or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.